0: psalm 42 verse 1 it says as the heart or the deer panteth for the water brooks so panteth my soul after thee O god and um i was just thinking about how you know our relationship with the lord there always needs to be that desire we long for the lord we desire for the lord and um you know a lot of times i'll, I'll put christian music on listening in the background and you know there's a lot of good christian music out there but uh, but there's a big part of christian music that all the music is about is lord i'm such a terrible person you know please forgive me and you know, Lord, I messed up again, you know, please, you know, please don't forsake me, and Lord, you know, here I am again, not, uh, not, uh, not doing right, you know, please love me anyway, Uh, and, and it's just always, you know, uh, these uh, folks that write these songs, it's always like they're, they're they're never willing to just do right, you know, just do right, Uh, and, and, you know, you don't have to be a failure all your life, amen, Uh, it's okay to go days and weeks and months with just, Loving the Lord and desiring, desiring him as, as the deer panteth after the water brooks. Amen. Amen. Uh, you don't have to be a person who just, Lord, I fail every day. and uh, that's, it's not, that's not okay, right? It's not okay to live that way, and, it, and it's okay to not live that way. It's okay to just, you know, to actually do right on a regular basis. Amen. Uh, and uh, it, it seems like the attitude is, well, I know I'm not going to ever do right anyway, so I'm just going to kind of pray a general prayer. Lord, I'm never going to do right, so please watch over me. Well, he, he's not going to forsake you. Uh, but, um, you know, it's okay to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to do everything you asked me to do today. Uh, Lord, I'm going to get up today and love you and desire you and want you and long after you uh, and, and just not be crazy all day long, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, sometimes those songs that kind of... And we don't sing those songs around I'm not singing a song, a confession that, Lord, I'm never going to do right, right? Uh, and um, I think we had to ban one of the songs about... Uh, I think, was it, was it what was it called? It was uh, uh, something about love, some kind of love, reckless love. Yeah, reckless love that said, Lord, uh, you know, if I backslide, you're still going to come, you know, chase me down, which is true. But I am not singing no song about, Lord, when I backslide, you're going to come hunt me down, right? I'm going to sing, Lord, I'm going to get up every day and love you. And, you know, I'm going to use my faith. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to, because you're using your faith when you sing songs, Lord, uh, when I backslide, you know, or when I do wrong, you're going to hunt me down, then your faith is that I'm going to, you know, sometime between the next couple of weeks, I'm going to backslide from the Lord and do something wrong. Amen? I'm not using my faith for that. I'm going to use my faith the Lord. to uh, I'll never mess up again the rest of my life. And even if I do, you know, I'll get up and go on. But I'm not, you know, I'm not planning on it, not strategizing. And Well, you can't live that way. You know, nobody can live that way. You know, people live that way for decades and do all right. Amen? Uh, and so... uh, We should never strive for mediocrity as Christians, Amen. Amen. We should, Lord. My goal is to be, you know, exactly average. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, that that is not my goal, Amen. My goal is not to be the very best. You know, to beat everybody else out. My goal is just, just, Lord. I'm gonna. My goal is to do everything that you ask me to do, Amen. Uh, And uh, and if I happen to fail, you know, along the way, well, that, you know, we'll we'll deal with that. But my my faith is, Lord. I'm gonna do everything you ask me to do, Amen. Amen. Uh, And that's a much better goal than to. Lord, my goal is to just, you know, be about 50-50, you know. <laughs> so uh, we'll get there, amen. amen. Uh, and so, does our soul pant after the water brooks like the like the deer? Uh, do we long for the Lord? You know, that should help you stay on the straight and narrow if you long for the Lord, amen. amen. Uh, and so, praise God. Well, let's stand and we just or we just did that. Let's stand and go to praise and worship, amen. Amen. In our lives, you're great. In our church, you're great. In our city, Father still great in all the earth you're great Father. we acknowledge it we thank you for it father you're so good to to show yourself great and mighty in our lives thank you father you're still the God who raises the dead cleanses the leper heals the sick father you're still the great God who snatches lives father out of destruction Thank you, Father. You're still the God that anoints, Father, and reveals and interprets, Father. Thank you, Father. You're still the great God of the earth. And Father, we allow you to be great in our lives. We desire for you, Father, to be great in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you are great in our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you, for that. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. Thank you for them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time, amen. We thank Him for being good all the time. Praise God. Well, let's open up our our Bibles to uh, the book of Revelation. We'll get started there today. We've been talking a little bit about not fainting and we, we uh, there are several reasons why we as Christians would faint and and, and uh, the Bible talks about fainting in your mind. So I'm not talking about fainting physically where you become weak physically and you faint. Uh, the Bible talks about when it talk about fainting is fainting in your mind where you just kind of give it up. Have you ever just given it up? You know, it's just people say it's so hard being a Christian. Well, it's not really hard being a Christian. It's hard deciding to be a Christian sometimes because The the conflict is in your will. Are you going to follow God or are you not going to follow God? That's where the pressure is at in people's lives. And if you have committed yourself to following God, then that's really not much of a conflict in your life. You know, it's the folks that want to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You know, they like kind of got they kind of like things of God, but they also kind of like the things of the world. And so, you know, uh, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. Amen. Mm -hmm. So if you're serving two masters, there's a conflict. And that's the pressure. And so uh, really what happens most of the time is people will either give up the world and, so, and serve God. And then, now there's no more pressure uh, or they'll give up God and serve the world. And so sometimes there's no pressure there because the Lord will have to wait for you to come back. Amen. And he'll always be there waiting for you to come back. Uh, and so the conflict is only because a decision has been made. Uh, and if you can learn that, uh, you know, things become a lot easier. Uh, if you'll make the decision, the pressure goes away. amen. if you make the right decision, you know then all will be well amen uh and so so one but one of the ways that we faint one of the reasons why we faint is when the lord uh corrects us and and uh, you ever like to being corrected uh you know some people they will you know in fact uh i guess we'll mention it one more time you know uh Les Sumrall's famous phrase that uh he says, I am often amazed at what some people will allow themselves and others to go through just to avoid five minutes of soul-cleansing shame. Amen. And so some people will go to the ends of the world to avoid ever being uh, corrected or rebuked by the Lord. Uh, and uh, you can always tell when, where people are at because if you go and say, Hey, um, you know, just let me know what, what you did there. And then, uh, then they explode, right? And they'll fuss and they'll fight. And, and it's all the smoke screen because they just don't want to be corrected. You know, they have a reputation. They don't want to ever be found as wrong. And you may only saying, well, I just noticed that, you know, you did something, you know, whatever minor infraction it was. Right. And they will fight and fuss and, and, and never want to be accused of that. And, and it's just in, in uh, many times people will use their emotions to try to control, uh, conversations and try to make sure that there's never any, any attention on them for the things they're doing wrong. And, uh, well, the problem with people like that is, is they can never move beyond where they are. Because the Lord's always trying to move us to where we look more like Him. But if every time the Lord says, hey, um, you know what you said to that person the other day? Lord, you don't understand. You don't know what they said to me. You don't, they started. It wasn't me. You know, it was that, they're the ones who did it. But, you know, the Lord's going to back off. I mean, He's just going to be like, sorry, I said anything, you know. Uh, and, and um, you know, it may be a long season before He comes back. You know, now he's long suffering, but if you disrespect him, uh, you know, when and, and when Abraham disrespected him, he, it's 13 years, you know, now there's not a set time. I'm not the Lord. You know, he, he does whatever he wants to do. He may come back tomorrow. Right. Uh, and so. So when the Lord rebukes us and corrects us and he does right, <clears throat> he does on a regular basis. I know at least in my life, I know he does all the time, you know, just I mean, it's uh, I think I told you just last Sunday, it was three in 24 hours, three different things it's like no no you know attitudes and words and thoughts you know just no uh and and um you know i'm kind of used to it now it's like yes sir uh, okay yeah I'll, I'll do that you know because you used to you kind of puff up a little bit and bulk up you know you know lord I, you know it's not my fault you know and whenever you do that you can just see the lord going he'll just wait he may wait a year you know just and they'll come back and talk to you again about hey Nothing's changed. You're still doing that thing, right? Whatever that thing is. Uh, and what you'll find is, is, you know, uh, we all try to get rid of the big sins, right? Well, I've not robbed any banks in years, you know. And so, you know, we get rid of the big sins, right? It, uh, committed adultery in, you know, 20 years, you know. Uh, I've never committed adultery. But, you know, we, we try to get rid of these big sins, right? Uh, but what will happen, then the Lord will start fine-tuning your life. And in these little things, right? Attitudes and thoughts and words and, and phrases that you use. You know, uh, well, that just kills me, you know, things like that. He'll just be like, no, don't say that just kills me, you know, uh, and people, are, well, you know, well, you're just being picky. Well, I'm not the Lord's real picky. You know, do you, you ever say anything like that? You know, I just love him to death. You know, the Lord never said stuff like that. And, but he will start tweaking your life, you know, and it's you know, when you start fine tuning things, it's just a lot of, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, sanding, you know, the Bible in, in John, John chapter 15 talks about how he will prune you, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, that means he's clipping things off, you know, that right there, that attitude, got to get rid of it. You know, that thought right there, got to get rid of it. Those words, got to get... And so he's, you ever seen people who, who really love pruning and, and taking care of uh, stuff like that? To me, it's just like, oh, it's like I, I mean, I'd i rather just eat dirt than, than have to maintain all that clipping, all that stuff. I mean, it's just so, so time-consuming, you know. But the Lord does it all the time. Uh, and, and so we, we, as humble servants of the Lord, we've got to get our attitudes adjusted that, yes, sir, Lord, uh, you, can, you can rebuke me, right? Uh, you can correct me. So we're here in, in Revelation chapter 3. Uh, and uh, he said, now, now th- this is with the church at Laodicea. Uh, he said uh, in verse um, 16, so then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's what the Lord said to the church, right, to this group of people, a physical group of people at at this location called Laodicea. He said, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And then, of course, uh, that was really encouraging, right? And then he comes down to verse 19. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. So now, how did the Lord uh, rebuke and chasten the church at Laodicea? With his word, right? Did he, did he send sickness and disease on him? Poverty and lack and, and uh, economic uh, uh, collapse and uh, calamity and those types of things? No. He just said, hey. He gave him a wake-up call, right? Uh, but he spoke to him, didn't he? And that's how the Lord's going to rebuke and chasten you. He's going to speak to you. He's not going to beat you and not going to cause you to be sick and diseased. And uh, we have no record of the Lord ever doing that. Uh, uh, but we have plenty of records where the Lord said, hey, why is it you have no faith? You know, you know not what your spirit are of. You know, you are of your father, the devil. You have a lot of words that Jesus said that were re- words of rebuke, right? But not a single time goes, and besides that, you know, you know, a hex on you, right? And leukemia on you and, you know, cancer on you. Did the Lord ever do that? In no, he never did that, right? So if he never did that uh, by example, is he doing that today? No, oh, but p- plenty of people in the church. Well, you know, the Lord uh uh, had me go through this to, to teach me something. Uh, well, then why are you at the doctor? You know, uh, the Lord put this sickness on me to teach me something. Well, so why are you trying to get rid of it? Why are you taking medication? Why are you getting examinations? You know, getting X-rays and MRIs. Why are you doing all that? If the Lord put that on you, you know, learn what it is, and hopefully once you learn it, it'll go away, won't it? I mean, shouldn't it? If you if you got it because you haven't learned something, and then you learn something, shouldn't it go away? Right? Well, no, it never goes away because they never learned uh, to begin with. And the Lord didn't do that to start with. Amen. So the Lord will, will, will rebuke you in chasing you with words. Amen. And uh, the, the thing about that is you have to have a real servants and a childlike attitude to allow the Lord to do that. To do that. If you're one of these that just uh, uh, puff up every time the Lord says something, then he may not correct you for days or years or, or decades. Uh, and, and you think you're Okay. Well, the Lord never corrects me. Well, why not? Well, the last time He corrected me, I you know I exploded and went off on Him. You know, Uh, and and so, you know, it's not okay to disrespect the Lord. You know, Uh, and and of course, you know a lot of people. Lord, the Lord would be like, Hey, you know, He told the the church at Laodicea. He said, "Uh, "You say that you're rich," and a lot of people. I didn't say that. Well, if the Lord said it, I mean, how many times did the Lord say something to the disciples, and they said, "Lord, uh, we didn't do that." Not so, Lord. Right. And so, you know, when the Lord said, I'm going to go to the cross. Right. Not so, Lord. What do you mean? Not so. I'm the Lord. If I said I'm going to the cross, I'm going to the cross. You know, don't be rebuking me uh, when, when he said to go to the cross. Amen. Uh, and so uh, but a lot of times people say uh, the Lord will say, hey, uh, you say that you're rich. I, didn't, I never said that, Lord. And they'll 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 I mean, they'll twist uh, and, and become so legalistic. Well, I didn't say those exact words. Yeah, but that was your intent. Yeah, but I didn't say those exact words. It doesn't matter. You know, you still, that was your intent of saying that, right? Uh, and, I, you know, I've tried to talk to people about stuff like that before. Well, you say, I didn't say that. Yeah, but that's what you meant when you said that, you know. Uh, and so, well, you know, uh, uh, you don't understand. It's not my fault. You know, they started blah, 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 right? Uh, and so... Uh, the Lord needs to be able to correct us now this is a pretty harsh correction right from laodicea i 'm going to spew you out of my mouth that 's pretty tough but but he reminded him it 's because I love you right you know if 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 he didn 't love us, he would just let us stay the way we are amen you know that'd be the, to me that 'd be sad to be the, exactly the same way I, I was when I was in high school lord jesus it 'd just be so sad you know I mean just I'm glad none of you knew me in high school, right? And they say, I'm looking around. No, none of you knew me in high school. Yeah, so, so Chris knew me you know, in, in early years of college, and, yeah, and um, she's had to forget a lot of the things that I uh, used to be like. Uh, thank, thank, uh, we thank the Lord for that. Uh, and so, uh, but the Lord, he, he's going to do that, amen? So for you, what's your reaction when the Lord comes to correct you? What's your response when the Lord comes to correct you? Because that will tell you where you are spiritually, right? Uh, and, it, and if it's a fuss and an explosion when, when the smallest little rebuke comes, then, then you are still in baby stage, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, one thing the Lord showed me years ago that's helped me because I, you know, no doubt you've had people come to try to correct you, rebuke you who were just being unkind. Amen. Cause the Bible says, speak the truth in love. And most people think that it just says, speak the truth. You know, you know, well, you know, your hair is bad and your clothes are bad and, you know, your breath is bad and your mom is bad. I mean, they're just, well, you know, is, does any of those things help me, right? Uh, and so I had a, had a buddy of mine once we, we'd gone out to lunch. We came back and go, man, your breath stinks. Said, well, you got a breath mint. No, well, then why are you telling me? You know, if you got nothing to help me, you know, then just leave me alone, right? Uh, I mean, you know, if, you know, some, most of them I don't even say anything I just go up to people, you know, and, and I pull out my little uh, pack of breath mints and say, "Hey, you want a breath mint?" You know, and hopefully they take it. And if they say no, like, no, you need to, have, you know, you you know, shut up and take one, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, you're just trying to be kind to somebody, right? But if they got nothing, you know, if they got nothing to help you, then they're just trying to be mean, you know. And so, uh, but um, uh, but you know, the the Lord uh, will will correct you, Amen. Uh, and so uh, what's what's your response? Amen. Uh, and if you want to be a person who grows in the Lord, then al- allow the Lord to rebuke you. Amen. Uh, and, and like I said, there, there are plenty of times when when people will just take it upon themselves as to be the sheriff of the body of Christ. And their job is to point out everybody else's errors besides themselves. Uh, people like that, you know, are never growing either because Jesus said, why are you looking at the speck in your brother's eyes and not at the beam in your own eye? I mean, there, there's been times when the Lord's told me to go, you go, you go correct somebody. I, was, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, if, if you're looking, please, you know, use me, Lord, to go tell everybody how they're wrong. Uh, hopefully you're not raising your hand like that. But sometimes people love to tell everybody else they're wrong because they don't want to have any intention upon themselves. Now, if the Lord ever uses you, I can guarantee you, if the Lord ever uses you to correct somebody else, uh, you've been corrected a thousand times before that. Amen. But sometimes people will do that. People will be unkind and just all the time on your case about every little thing and, you know, uh, picking and uh, nitpicking every single thing you do. And the, the Lord showed me uh, years ago what I need to do when people do that is instead of reacting, because, you know, growing up, I, you know, I defended myself to, to, the, to the death. Right. I mean, if you accuse me, no, I didn't do that. You know, well, I didn't mean to. It wasn't my fault. You started it. Uh, I I wanted no correction because I wanted to be thought as being somebody who never made a mistake. Uh, And, of course, that only lasted, well, it lasted way longer than it should have lasted, but hopefully it's not not there at least much anymore. but, uh, But the Lord showed me that all I have to do is listen. If someone comes to rebuke me, just listen, right? Because usually what happens when somebody comes to correct you, right or wrong, and immediately that flesh rises up. And if you're not careful, you will, you will immediately put a smoke screen up by allowing that flesh to come up and just explode and cry. And I had some people cry. You know, you say this a little like Just wait. You done crying yet? No, okay. Let me know when you're done. And you just have to wait because they will use that to change the subject, right? To, to deflect the conversation. Uh, it's, just a, it's a psychological uh, defense mechanism that they have. And so, you know, if the Lord sent you, you just got to wait, wait for all the blubbering to stop, you know, and give him a tissue here. It's a tissue, right? You don't have to be unkind about it, but you got to wait. Sometimes you got to wait. And so, uh, you know, if if that's what you do, if you immediately get into your emotions and immediately attack and immediately scream and holler and defend and deflect, then then you're not willing to listen to the Lord. Uh, And so what I've learned is I'll listen. I'll wait to, you know, let somebody speak and listen. And the Lord said, let him speak. And he said, the things which are spiritual hang on to those. Everything else let go on by. So if they come and accuse you, you know, well, you're horrible this and terrible that, you know, I've been told I'm a terrible pastor and I don't teach at all and, you know, I don't, you, you read the Bible and I'm a, I'm an idolater. I, I, idolize, you know, worship Brother Hagin and more than Jesus and have, have we met? Have, have, we, uh, I mean, apparently we've never met, right? Because, you know, I haven't met anybody worthy to be worshipped, you know, other than Lord Jesus, but apparently, but uh, somebody else hasn't got that memo, but, uh, you know, been, a, been accused. And then uh, I'll listen. So if they accuse me of being an idolatry, they just, Well I don't worship anybody except the Lord, so I just let it go on by. And I don't have to defend myself. I don't worship anybody except God himself. I don't have to say anything. Just let it go right on by. Because if it's not words that are spiritual, there's no need for me to respond to them. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember years ago, uh, uh, Brother Hagen said, uh, I was listening to Brother Hagen's here. We mentioned his name. There you go, right? So I uh, must be an idolatry, right? You want me to say the name? Uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, right? We'll say it again. In fact, we'll, Kenneth Irwin Hagen, right? How, how's that, right? You know, sometimes it's good to make a few devils mad every now and then. Uh, but um, but uh, uh, he was talking on a message I was listening to one time. He said, you know, I never, uh, I never uh, hold any ill will against anyone. And I got mad at him just for saying that. I had ill will towards him for saying that he has no <laughs> ill will towards anyone, right? Because yeah. who does that? Who lives that way? Who lives without any ill will? Because I was I was raised like the mafia, right? You do against me, you know, you're on my list till forever, right? Uh, and uh, you ever known people like that? You know, you do something wrong, and and you're out. Yeah, I mean, you're off the list forever. <laughs> and you and even if you didn't do anything wrong. If they think you did something wrong, you know, if they if someone told them they did did you did something wrong, you know, uh, I've had people. Tell people that I've done wrong and they come and accuse me of something. Well, did you know that I did that? Did you know if I did that or not? Did you ask me if I did that? No. Well, so and so said you did it. Well, you know, I've got a phone, right? You could just call and say if I did it, right? Uh, and and so, uh, so he said he never holds any will to it. So when people come to him uh, and, and he said, if they accuse me of slapping my grandma, he said I wouldn't respond because he didn't slap his grandma. So what, what's there any need for him to respond? Well, people are going to think I slapped my grandma. That's on them. You know, I had somebody come and say, well, so-and-so said you did this. Did you do that? I'm thinking, well, you've known me for 50 years. You should know the answer to that question before you even ask it. But no, I didn't do that. Well, you need to call them and tell them that you didn't do that because they think you did that. (laughs) There is no way I'm going to call somebody and correct what they think about me. I see, because they've got the Holy Ghost in them. They could have asked the Holy Ghost if I did it. They could have called me if I did it. But instead, they're gossiping that I did that. And why am I going to run around and try to protect my reputation if I'm so concerned that, that God's not going to bless me because what somebody thinks about me? God blesses me regardless of what people think about me. Amen? So I, I could care less what people think about me. Well, they think you're one of those wild, crazy people. So? I mean, well, you know, they think... I, I had someone come up and say, uh, Pastor, do you smoke? No. Well, so-and-so thinks you smoke. They don't want to be around you no more. What's that? Not Not been that long ago, right? I'm thinking, you know, they could have just asked me, do you smoke? And even if I did smoke, is that, I mean, you know, what's that to you, right? I don't smoke, by the way. Uh, But see, uh, they got got mad and they started gossiping about me. Well, they told, you know, they told me you smoke. You know, they're they're really sure that you smoke. You know, that's called gossip, right? The Lord does not take kindly to gossip, Amen. That's just garden variety gossip, right? Well, I'm pretty sure He does. Based on what evidence? What evidence do you have? Is there cigarette butts in my in my office, right? I mean, you got you, get, you see a little white plume come up every day. And close the door, and uh, you know I, we can see we can see the smoke come out of your office. You know, we know there's no evidence of that at all. You know no. what is it? They're just trying to find something, right? Yeah. They just find are trying to find something against me, you know? and then and it's not and, and you know who cares, right? But see, then they got to go gossip about it. They make up something, and then they got to go. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he does, right? Uh, you know, I, I I got good authority. Pretty sure he's smoking, right? <laughs> What's wrong with people, right? Yeah. Now, now, did I go correct him you know, and call him? Hey, I just want to let you know. Now that' it's my pastor, he was that kind of guy. He, if you said anything about him, he'd call you. Hey, did you say that about me? Well, you know. Hex on you. <laughs> you know, it, it was tough. He ever said anything, he'd call you up, right? You, uh, you probably learned that from Lester Summerall. I'm sure Lester Summerall would do that. Uh, in fact, Lester Summerall would tell you everything he ever did against him, right? Uh, by name. Well, you know, Pastor so-and-so, you know, he didn't mention his name. You know, he didn't give me an offering when I went and preached for him. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's tough right there. Uh, and so, so, the Lord showed me and, and taught me just, you want to say something? You want to say a bunch of stuff against me? I'll, just, I'll listen. Because, you know, every now and then even a blind squirrel finds an acorn, you know, you made something that might be useful to me, right? And so I'll let you say whatever you want to say. And then if there's nothing to respond to, then there's nothing for me to say. I don't have to defend myself. I mean, I, I, what was it, how long we were there, was 15, 20 minutes? You know, someone just ranting and raving about how terrible a pastor I was and how I'm an idolatry and I'm not teaching anybody anything and, and, you know, I don't run the church right and, you know, I'm doing everything wrong and I'm just waiting. You know, just, just going right on by, you know, just... When they got done, I said, you know, I hope you find a pastor that can help you, you know, have a good life. See you in heaven. Bye. You know, I mean, it was there was there was nothing to say, nothing to respond to, because there was nothing of any spiritual value that they said. Now, they think they were super spiritual, right? I sure put him in his place. Really? You rebuked the pastor and without any evidence and and uh, you put me in my place that the Lord put me in this place. And so you didn't attack me, you attacked the one who put me in the place. So someday you're going to have to answer for that, right? Uh, you know, I told my students, you know, every day I get up thinking, Lord, I don't want to have to answer for anything today that I've done wrong. I always think about him. I, think about, I don't think about what i have done to you. I'm thinking about that he's going to ask me about that someday. That, I mean, that's always in my, that's always in my mind, always. And, and, you know, that conversation will be uncomfortable because it'll be like, okay, your turn. Uh, hang on, uh, Pastor Chip, come over here. Because you're part of this conversation, you know. Now, uh, Gabriel, go ahead and hit play. Did you say these words? To, you, know, you know, now I don't know how he's going to do it, but uh, he does say out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable conversations on day, right? Uh, so, uh, number one, I don't have a reputation. I could care less what people think about me. I could care less what people say about me. Uh, and, and if you can ever get there, it, you can't get there just by accident. You have to choose to go there, right? But if you can ever get there, you could care less. You know, because the only thing that matters to me is what does Jesus think about me? I never want Jesus to come to me and say, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth because you're neither. No, no, I mean, that would just, man, I'd just curl up in a fetal position, right? I, the only thing I care is what does Jesus think about me? Because what people think about me is not going to increase my prosperity, not increase my revelation, not increase my anointing. It's not going to increase me at all, what people think about me. Uh, the Lord Jesus, if he thinks good about me, and of course, he only thinks good about me anyway, but if, uh, if he needs to come and correct me, yes, sir, you know, uh, I'll be glad to let that happen. Amen. Uh, and so, so he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten." Isn't that what he said? He said it to the church that he gave the harshest rebuke about. He said, you know, I, I love you. I'm saying this because I love you. And, and, and really, you know, if you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you remember the man that was, that was uh, sleeping with his stepmother, right? He had a stepmother. And Paul said that, uh, that uh, I've already judged the situation and that I, that I, I've, I have uh, handed this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. See, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, you know, I've handed you over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh, you know. Hex on you, and, 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 they're just, you know, and they're mad and angry about it. But you go over to Second Corinthians, and, and you can see his heart. He said, with much tears and anguish of heart, I wrote these words. Tears and anguish of heart. So if, you're, if your attitude, if you're going to go correct somebody, if your attitude isn't tears and anguish of heart, if you're all puffed up, look, you know, I'm going to go rebuke them, you know, then you, are not, you do not have the same spirit that Paul had. Uh, and, and besides that, you know, Paul did that because he had authority in that situation. You don't have authority just be an, in a fellow Christian. You can't just say, well, I'm going to hand you over to Satan. Well, based on what authority, right? But uh, well, people love to usurp authority. Yeah. Well, I'm a child of God. So am I, right? So are you. We're all children of God. Amen. Hey, you, come, you ought to come Wednesday night. We're talking about Koran and, and his band of, of uh, fellows there. Uh, and so, uh, but the, the Lord will rebuke you. But, you know, sometimes he sends people to rebuke you too, right? He will send people uh, because he will always try to first of all rebuke you through his word. That's always first. Amen. Uh, in fact, I remember um, uh, one time uh, I was dealing with some folks, a lot of conflict. Right? You ever dealt with people with conflict, and you try everything you can in the world to, to make things right with them. You know, some people just don't. They just don't want to do right. Uh, and, and so I, I went to the Lord. Said, so, Lord, why can't you, you know? Can you tell them to walk in love? Can you, you know, by your spirit, can you tell them to walk in love towards me? Because they just don't don't want to walk in love. And you know what he said? He said, I've already addressed that in my word. He said, I'm not, I'm not obligated to repeat myself. Because some people want a word from the Lord. Hey, you need to walk in love. But didn't he already tell us to do that? So now he might come and tell you, hey, you need to walk in love. But he is not obligated to repeat himself. And so he never did tell them to walk in love. And they never did walk in love. And they're thinking, well, the Lord didn't tell me. He did tell you a long time ago. So he will always correct you first and foremost with his word, always. And that's why you should read his word, because you read his word to find out who he is, but also what's he, what does he want you to do? And many times you'll read his word and go, Lord, I'm not even doing that. I can't tell you how many times I've read the word and go, Lord, I'm so far from that verse. It's just embarrassing. Uh, you know, I see what you want me to do, but I'm not even close to, what, to doing what you said right there to do. It's not about, and I don't, I don't get convicted or condemned when I read his word, but I do get convicted many times. Lord, I need to do better about that. You said right there, do that. So I, Lord, I need to do that. Uh, so he'll always uh, correct you with his word first. But secondly, he will correct you by his spirit. Uh, and and, and I, his spirit, I mean, he's, he's, the spirit of God is all, just on my case all the time. Uh, but third, he'll also use people uh, to correct you. Many times your pastor, right? Uh, And if you're smart and listen carefully, you'll be rebuked and nobody will even know it. Right. And, 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 you know, I don't have to say, well, you did it, you know, and uh, I just be saying things the Lord wants me to say. And 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 you look around and go, I'm glad nobody knows that was me, but I'll take it. Right. (laughs) And then you can change. and Nobody ever know that was you. Right. And I don't even know it was you many times. Just say it. And and, uh, I've had plenty of people come and say, how'd you know I was doing that? I didn't know you was doing that. I just said that because that's what the Lord wants me to say, right? So that's a good way to get rebuked and corrected, and nobody know it, right? You can maintain your perfect, uh, your perfect uh, reputation, right? Your stellar reputation, and and still, hey, I've never, I've never been publicly rebuked, you know. Now I have been many times publicly rebuked, flogged, you know, in public, you know. And if we had a, if we had stakes, they would have tied me to a stake, you know, and uh, in the public square and. I had one guy, I was sitting in the service, and he came back. He would, you know, they had one of these you know, come-to-Jesus meetings, and, and they always loved picking on me. And so he came back to, the, to where I was sitting, and he, and he grabbed me by the hand, and he drug me to the front of the, sta- the, front of the sanctuary. This is during church, right? And he, and he said, I'm going to stay right here until you repent. <laughs> now, by that time, I'd kind of get to the attitude like, Lord, I'm, I'm not repenting for stuff I ain't done. Because, you know, they always wanted a pound of flesh, and, they, and, and it was just so messed up, right? So messed up. So I, now, see, he, he didn't know me when I was like eight. When I was eight years old, you know, we used to have spaghetti every Monday night. Uh, and, and, you know, we had 11 kids, right? So my mom would take, you know, spaghetti for, you know, like two kids, and then she'd water it down to make enough spaghetti for 11 kids. So I got to where I just hated spaghetti. I mean, just I hated spaghetti, you know, just Monday night spaghetti. Man, I just, uh, and so uh, just so one Monday night, it's like, I ain't eating it. Uh, and she said, and my mom said, well, you're sitting there until you eat it. And I thought, I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die on this hill of spaghetti right here. Uh, and I am not eating this spaghetti. Uh, and, and it was like an hour. I mean, you know, in my mind, it was probably like five hours. It might have been 15 minutes for all I know, right? Uh, but, um, you know, because my, my memory about childhood, you know, is bigger sometimes than in reality, right? But, but I'm going to die on this hill. This is my hill. I'm going to die right here in the hill of spaghetti. Now, and after a while, my mom's like, just go, just go out. So I had learned from a long time, you know, uh, if, if I'm not moving, I ain't moving. And I thought, I, you know, I think about the same spaghetti story, you know, he drug me to the front of the stage. So, then then uh, one of us are going to die from the front of this stage because I ain't repenting for things I ain't done. Now, I didn't really have a sorry attitude about it, but, you know, I'd been beat up enough and, and, and finally got to the point where, Lord, this is just ridiculous, right? Accuse me of things I hadn't done and get me to repent for things I haven't done. Uh, and it was absurd when a Jerry, a Jerry was there, Chris was there. You know, she was mostly hiding. You know, trying to keep from getting uh, struck by lightning uh, by by um, <laughs> guilt by association. You know, uh, and so, but I happened to be sitting by you that particular service, right? We were in the, uh, and so and so he lied because after a while he just he gave it up. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't sit up there until I repented. He just kind of gave it up after a while and just left because because he saw well I I ain't going to change right. So, uh, but. So there's, there's a lot of mess in the church right now. Around here, we won't allow garbage like that to happen. You know, it's so stupid. What's that? No way. I mean, there's just no way because, uh, it, you know, sometimes churches get that way and it, and it becomes a machine, a, a devilish machine that has to be fed, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and you just got to shoot it in the head, that kind of attitude. You got to bury it in the backyard and get rid of it because churches will be infested with that kind of stuff. It's easy for, for that to happen. Uh, but it starts really at the leadership, right? It, you have to have the right leadership in order for the, to avoid that to happen. Because people are wanting to do that all the time, right? Someone walks in, they're the sheriff of the body of Christ, they're going to start rebuking everybody in the church. And, and uh, it's like, um, come here, come here. Is that your name on this door? No, then you need to be quiet. Because if your name's not on that door, you don't need to be running around telling everybody they're wrong, right? That There's a pastor in this church, you know, we don't need a, a, uh, an under-shepherd of the under-shepherd, right? Uh, and so just be quiet and listen, Amen. Uh, and so uh, but but there will be times when when the Lord sends you to people. Uh, and so uh, and even if they're not 100 percent right, you still need to listen. It would be to your advantage to listen. And then if the Lord respond, if the Lord prompts you to respond, then you respond. If the Lord does tell you to respond that I told you that, that fellow that rebuked me 15 or 20 minutes, you know, you know, what the Lord told me to say in response. Nothing. Not a single rebuke, not a single uh, I, I didn't, ju- I didn't uh, uh, um, justify myself or, or defend myself about anything. In fact, years ago, the Lord specifically told me, don't ever defend yourself. He told me that. Now, that, that's not necessarily a Bible verse, so that, you know, if you need to defend yourself, that's fine. But, but um, uh, they would tell my wife things, and I wouldn't even defend myself against, against that. And they would try to get her to believe me. They told her one time, you just watched Chip will put up with this so much and he, he'll, he'll just leave you, leave you and the kids. And, um, well, okay, you know, I'm not going to defend myself against that. And then they had a terrible thing to say. Well, they did that to put her in fear, right, to control her by fear. People do this stuff like that all the time, to try to control you by fear. So I didn't defend myself. I didn't go and rebuke anybody. How dare you say that to my wife? She's got the Spirit of God in her. I have great confidence in the Spirit of God in her. Uh, and so, <clears throat> so uh, number one, uh, listen, right? Yeah, and, and if the Lord prompts you, then you can say something. You know, it's okay to say things, right? It's not, a, a, it's not an absolute law. Uh, but the Lord told me, don't ever defend, defend myself. Why? Because if I don't, then he will do it for me. Isn't he my advocate? He's my defense lawyer, Right? In fact, he, he gave me a vision one time where it was a court setting and it was kind of an all black setting. It was it was dark, you know, as far as there was no there was no furniture or stuff. You just it was just kind of a black background there. And, and God, the father was a judge there. And I was I was the accused. But my attorney was the Lord Jesus and he was sitting beside me. And the accuser was over there at the other desk. And they were they were people, right? They were they were people who were being used of the devil. Uh, and, and the Lord found me not guilty uh, because of my advocate. You know, I had a great defense attorney. Uh, and so and there was other things going on in that vision too. But, but, but you need to listen because sometimes the Lord will use people to come and help you. Amen? And if you don't want people to help you, it's going to be really hard for the Lord to help you. Amen? So, uh, so it, you know, and I understand there's a balance there because people can be really unkind. People can be rude, disrespectful. Uh, and just mean, right? You ever, the meanest people I've ever met have been in a church, right? The nicest people I've ever met been in a church. But, but uh, a mean Christian, man, they're mean. I mean, you know, because they know they're under pressure already to not be mean, and that makes it even meaner sometimes, right? Uh, but at the same time, the kindest people I've ever met are in the church too, right? So, so it's not just everybody in church is just mean. You know, there's a small percentage of people, amen? But the Lord's had me go to plenty of people, plenty of people, to go and correct him and, and one fellow in particular he said you go talk to him you know he's struggling in his life you go talk to him and you tell him here's why he's struggling in his life and if you repent I'll get him out of those struggles right uh, and, and Lord I don't want to do that I mean you know I, I, I dislike that job more than any other job because who am I right uh, well you know who's going to listen to me uh, if I had 5,000 members in the church here everybody listened to me but people think, well, I don't know anything because you only got so many members in your church, right? doesn't matter. I still know what I know, right? Uh, and so uh, so I don't care, you know. I got no reputation at all. Uh, so, Lord, you go talk to him. I said, I'll tell you what, Lord. So, you know, sometimes we negotiate, right? Lord, uh, I'll go see him, and if he'll, and if he'll bring up the, the subject, then I'll talk to him about it. So, you know, you, you can do your part, you know, you can, you can encourage him to bring up the subject and and, and, I, and then I'll, I'll take it over from there because I don't want to just barge in and say, thus saith the Lord, right? Because I don't like saying thus saith the Lord because that's name dropping. And, and I, I, in fact, I never told them the Lord sent me there because if I do that, see, then it kind of affects the balance of everything, right? They won't listen to what I'm saying, you know, uh, and so... I'd rather let them listen to what I have to say and then judge what I have to say instead of instead of coloring it by uh, dropping the name of the Lord. Now, if the Lord tells you to use his name, fine, you know because he told he told Moses to tell him you know that I sent you but uh, but uh, usually I don't do that uh, because I don't want to color the conversation in such a way that that uh, they're not going to listen to it anyway uh, but so the Lord sent me there and and, and um, sure enough, he brought up the subject and I said, well, glad you brought it up you know <clears throat> uh I, and i said you know a lot of the problems in your life are, are, are your fault and so i started t- i was going to tell him here's here's why you're dealing with what you're dealing and here's how to get out of with what you're dealing but as soon as i said well you know uh the these problems you're dealing with are self you you started this right and then he just immediately well you 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 were part of it too And just, you know, how you proverbial slam the door in someone's face, right? That's what he did. And as soon as he did that, all that was gone. All that desire to help him as far as the the unction from the Lord to help him, it's gone. Why? He disrespected the Holy Ghost. You disrespect the Holy Ghost and the Lord just, he'll just. And if he's not saying anything, I'm not saying anything. Well, I got to tell him, you know, I I can't tell people. I just had to tell him. No, you didn't. The the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If you just got to tell him, it's just flesh. I ain't got to tell anybody anything. In fact, I know a lot of things about a lot of things. I ain't telling nobody nothing. I just, uh, unless the Lord says to do it, then it's just between me and Him, and we'll pray about it. And, and I'm, I have great confidence. The Lord's able to help them without me having to go tell them anything. But on occasion, He'll have me go talk to somebody. Uh, and you know, nine times out of ten, it's it's not a waste of time because it's still obedience. I still have to do it, right? But it, it's a shame that they won't receive it, uh, and, and so they they miss out. They miss out on their on that that on the opportunity to grow with the, to be better person right and so it's been years i mean the lord's never had me go back to that person uh and he may never have me go back to that person uh but years and and i you know i check up on them every now and then they're still floundering in their life struggling in their life you know not finding the, the way the path that the lord wants to, them to be in and they have a great they have a lot to add to the body of christ but they'll never be effective because they can't move past that thing right they they're going to stay in that thing until until they choose to repent and and uh, they may never repent I don't know you know that's between them and the Lord but uh, so you know there is a balance in um, allowing people to come and to correct you amen Uh, because uh, now when the Lord corrects you it's always right 100% time right never colored never never off never never you know there's no ulterior motives it's always pure and when the Lord rebukes you, it's always pure. When people rebuke you, you know, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. Because, number one, does it line up with the Word of God? What's their attitude in doing it? Is, is they, do they really care about you? Uh, and, you know, that's between uh, you and the Lord, right? That's where you've got to listen. And that's why I, when people start rebuking me, I start listening. I listen to the Lord. Lord, anything here to, to take? Anything here to accept? Anything here that can add to my life to, to, that I need to know? Uh, and if it's not, then, you know, I, I may not like it. I don't, sure don't enjoy it. Anybody enjoys getting chewed out by people? No, I don't enjoy it. You know, I don't look forward to it, but I just move on. And see, see they think, well, I sure told him. <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, if I could give you a list of things that I, that I received from what you said, it'd be a blank list, right? Because the, uh, what you said was a waste of time, right? Uh, and I've read after, like, John Wesley, he talked about, you know, people come rebuke rebuked him all the time, right? Uh, uh, in fact, one lady came and rebuked him, and he said, he said, uh, he said, if that had really been the Lord, he said he would have sent you with a more proper message because he knows me better than that. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, John John was pretty good. I like John Wesley. Uh, and so, uh, see he was rebuking him about because, you know, she didn't like how he ate or what he wore, you know, one, one lady came to Brother Hagin and said, uh, or didn't come to him, but came to people around him and said, well, we need to cast the devil out of him. Well, what devil is that? The devil of wearing nice clothes, you know. Uh, they thought he, he wore too nice of clothes, and so they're going to cast the devil out of him. And he said, you know, that might be one devil I kind of want to keep, right? Uh, and so um, over, over in, um, we just got, I'm going to read a couple more verses real quick, and then we'll go. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, he says in verse 11, My son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father in the son in whom he delighteth. So that was really uh, where the Hebrews got uh, theirs, but it's also a reflection of what Jesus had said uh, there uh, in the book of Revelation. And then he also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord and we should not be condemned with the world, uh, that we should not be condemned uh, with the world. Uh, and so, you know, uh, when, when you're chastened, the Lord had judged that what you're doing is wrong. Uh, and so you need to receive that correction so that that judgment doesn't doesn't uh, stay out there on your list, right? Because if, if, if you're doing something that's not right, then that's the list of sin that has to be judged. And of course, the Lord's paid for all that, but you have to receive his judgment. You have to receive that in order to get that off your account. Uh, and so otherwise, your account keeps on getting heavier and heavier, and, and uh, you end up uh, allowing the devil to operate in your life, and and we don't want any of that, amen. Yeah. Uh, and so, so uh, the the thing about the thing for us then that we have to learn is when these things happen, we have to not faint. We have to go well. I'm am just I'm just going to quit. You know, people come rebuke me as a pastor. You know, I'm just going to quit being a pastor. Yeah. I mean, whatever. See, I'd be fainting, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a story with uh, with uh, um, Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, you know, Smith. Uh, was an amazing individual, loved the Lord. I mean, he loved the Lord so much. Uh, and you could just, when you read his writings, you know, of course, he never wrote anything. People just wrote it down what he said. But when you read after him, you can just hear how much he loved the Lord. He'd be driving down the road and he'd be like, okay, boys, it's been 15 minutes. We've got to read the word. And so he'd start reading the Bible right there in a car, you know, a taxi or whatever. And it's been 15 minutes since we've read anything out of the Bible. And, and, uh, and, and Lester Summerall would go visit him and knock on the door and he said, well, let's pray. Uh, and uh, Smith would start praying. And he said, pray for two hours. He said, okay, you can leave now. And I mean, that's just the way he was. He just loved the Lord so much, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was being gruff. And, and, but really, it was just he didn't have time to deal with the, 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 all, all the crazy flakiness of the flesh of Christians, amen. And so he was focused on, I'm going to, you know, I'm moving forward for the Lord. Uh, and, if, and if you were moving forward for the Lord, he was, he was the nicest guy in the world but if you want to play both sides of the fence and you know blah 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 not walk in faith he just didn't have, he didn't have any time for that you know he wasn't he wasn't very patient with that you know he could have developed maybe some long suffering in that area i'm sure but um, but still he loved the lord uh, and uh he had, there was some service and he came out of the service and and uh, was on the church steps and some lady come up and just pointed her finger in his face you're the reason why my, my relative died. It was somebody who was a husband or cousin or sister or brother or whatever. You're the reason why they died. They were in your prayer line and they died. your fault. And, and um, within a week or two, he was dead. Uh, and really, I believe what happened is he just, it broke his heart that someone would be so mean to him for something he didn't do, right? I mean, just because he, he, laid, on, he laid hands on them. It's not, he doesn't heal anybody. The Lord does, right? And if the Lord can't heal somebody for whatever reason, that's not on Smith, right? Uh, but they just were so unkind and rebuked him harshly, right there on the church steps. Uh, and, and, uh, and it just broke his heart. And really what happened, he fainted his mind. He said, Lord, you know, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, Brother Hagen almost did that in 1987. Uh, he said, Lord, I just, I just want to come home. What had, what had he done? He fainted. He, now, you know, Brother Hagen. He did. He fainted in his mind, uh, uh, and we'll talk about a little bit more of that about that later. But it wasn't due to it wasn't due to um, the Lord correcting him. It was due to the flesh of other people, right? Uh, and there's one more. That's one more area of fainting that we got to look at. But but people faint, and and they change the course and direction of their lives in a negative way. When you faint and you quit on the Lord for whatever reason, what somebody says or what somebody does, it will affect it could affect you the rest of your life. Uh, and so many people's lives have been changed because, number one, what other people have done, but also, too, if the Lord corrects them, well, I'm just, I'm just tired of taking that. Uh, and and they, will, they will change their life and, and don't want to hear it. And I've had people just shut me out of their lives, you know, and uh, just trying to help them, right? Just, you know, simple things even, you know, and just uh, there's some people you can rebuke and correct and, uh, and um, some people you can never say anything to them. Uh, and, and you know, of course, if the Lord says to do it, you know, I'll do it, with some negotiating going on there, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and uh, and look, if there's really something in your crawl, then the Lord, uh, then the Lord, you go rebuke the pastor. You know, I'll listen. Amen. But if it's just carnality and flesh, you know, and to be honest, you know, I mean, I've had a few people say minor things, you know. But as far as people come in my office and give me a looky here meeting, it's all flesh. It's always been flesh. Uh, uh, because I'm, you know, I, I endeavor to listen to the Lord. Amen. Uh, and hopefully he'll get to me long before he has to use you. Uh, now, I don't have a problem with him using you at all, but it has to be a proper word. And the love of God has to be motivating you. If it's not the love of God motivating you, if you just want to put me in my place, whatever, I'm already in a place, you know. I don't need to be put in a place. I'm already in a place, I'm, you know. Yeah. You ain't going to put me in no place that I'm already there, right? Yeah. Uh, and so... Uh, but, you know, in the church, you've got to just be careful because, you know, the, there is a pastor in a church. Generally speaking, he's not going to use one sheep to go correct a bunch of other sheep. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that's why there's a pastor there, right? Uh, and some people think they're the sheriff of the body of Christ and they run around like doing that, right? Uh, that's just not generally generally the way the word works, amen? The Lord set up this structure of authority uh, for a reason, Amen uh and sheep don't know how to fix sheep that because they're sheep right that's not their job and, and do your job you know we, you've got your job i've got my job and uh but the, the church we be better off if we can learn these things amen because we do need to learn how to receive correction from the lord uh, however you choose to do that through the word by the spirit sometimes by people amen uh and if we'll do that and not faint when when we get there uh then uh, we'll be better off amen you know I don't know what happened to the church at Laodicea, if they recovered themselves or not. Um, You know, you ever heard of the church at Laodicea? I've never had. I mean, today, right now, my guess is they didn't make it. (laughs) So it's unfortunate, right? Because they had a shot right there. They had a shot. They could have made it. Amen. And so let's let's thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that you will correct us because you love us. Father, you desire for us to be better, to look more like you, to sound like you, to act like you more each and every day. And, Father, you do that, you'll always do that first and foremost by your word. You will do that by your spirit. And sometimes, Father, you'll even do it with people. Use people to correct us. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, and, Lord, we thank you that uh, as you do those things, that we will listen. And we will be better off. And we will not puff ourselves up, Father, and, and put a smokescreen of emotion up, Father. Uh, we will choose to be humble servants of the Most High God. In uh, Father, at the end, we will look more like you than we did at the beginning. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. You know, I, I know it's uh, uh, it can be a, a difficult subject to, uh, to teach on uh, because nobody wants to get rebuked, right? Nobody wants to get uh, corrected and nobody wants to get uh, um, chastised by the Lord, but... Um, uh, he, does, uh, he does need to do that on occasion. Amen? And so, you know, my goal in all of us is always to help us to grow up. Uh, because if you can learn these things, you'll be amazed. And uh, we're going re- to receive uh, communion. But if you can learn how to receive correction from the Lord, you'll be amazed at how much you grow spiritually in a short amount of time. Because uh, the more that you're obedient to the Lord... The greater blessings you have in your in your life, Amen. Uh, people that are always uh, uh, rejecting rebuke and correction uh, is uh, are people who who never grow up, Amen, uh, and so who never uh, uh, who never get to see all the wonderful things that the Lord has for us, Amen. Uh, and so here uh, in the book of Matthew, uh, in chapter twenty six, uh, Jesus is here, and so he hasn't gone to the cross yet. He's there at the Passover supper. This is verse 20, uh, chapter 26, verse 26 says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples, says, take, eat. This is my body. So uh, now it's not actually his body, right? You know, there are groups of people who believe that it, it turns into the body of Jesus. It's, it's really just bread, right? It's, it's, just, it's just bread. And so but it does represent his body. Amen. Uh, I said, this is my body. And he took the cup and he he gave thanks uh, and gave it to them, said, drink ye all of it or all of you, uh, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Uh, uh, And so Jesus uh, gave us his his body uh, and he gave us his blood Uh, and he was a willing sacrifice, right? He chose to do it. He knew what he was doing. He was glad to do it uh, because uh, if he suffered, then you get to be blessed, right? Uh, and if he suffered the stripes on his back, then you get to be healed. So the bread represents the body, the fact that he took those stripes on his, uh, uh, upon him to allow us to live in divine health, amen? We as Christians have a right and privilege, if we, if we want to, if we want to believe it, to live in divine health all the days of our lives, amen? We can choose not to participate in COVID-19. We can choose not to participate in COVID-21. COVID-26, you know, uh, the original COVID, the Delta variant, the, the Wu variant, the uh, uh, Lambda variant. I mean, well, how many different variants are there, right? Uh, I mean, as soon as one slows down, they're going to make up another one so they can keep controlling everybody, right? Because you've got to control the populace, you know, the, the masses of, of people. So we don't want them to have any freedom at all, right? Uh, and so that's another whole discussion. But, uh, but we can choose not to participate, amen? Uh, we choose not to participate. In COVID nineteen, amen. Right. And you do that because the, did the body of Jesus cover COVID nineteen? Did the stripes cover COVID nineteen? Is there one one stripe missing? Oh, COVID is not 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 included in that list. No, it's included in the list, right? And so it's it's there. It's we don't have to participate if we don't want to. Uh, and so uh, and then the blood of Jesus. the precious blood of Jesus, right? Uh, uh, and so. I think that we sang the song with nothing but the blood, right? Nothing but the blood today. Uh, Just the blood of Jesus is precious to us. Amen. It's made us clean, white as snow. Amen. Uh, Washed away all of our sins. Uh, And so let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's uh, uh, communion here. We'll get some help to hand these out. H wants to take the one that, if she drops, there's no big deal, right? If you drop all of that, no big deal. If you drop all that juice there, then somebody's going to be having a big cleanup there, right? You can't ruin anyone's clothes, right? So no pressure, Jared, but we're all watching you. Make sure you don't spill any of that. No, it's, a, it's good to receive communion, to remind ourselves what the Lord has done for us. Amen? Uh, and this bread... Uh, you know, I, I, I like receiving communion because I, I like being reminded that I, that I get to live in divine health. This bread, you know, there's no, no magic potion, this bread. You know, it's not, you know, it, you're not going to eat this bread. and It's going to go down in your belly and, and then ooze out on all your body and turn you into some healthy person. It's just, it's just bread, right? It's the faith behind the bread that, that is what gets the job done. Amen. The faith that this represents the body of the Lord Jesus broken on our behalf. Amen. And so that was a big, that was a big uh, sacrifice, right? I mean, you think about the Lord Jesus, the most perfect, sinless person in the world, and, and what did they accuse him of? Every evil thing ever was. And, and remember, what did the Bible say when he was at the, uh, 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 at, at the court there and they were uh, accusing him of all men of evil? It says he sat silent before them like a lamb, you know. Uh, and, and I learned that, you know. Now, there were other times they came to him and, and he said, no, I didn't do that. But there are times when Jesus, you say whatever you want to, and he never responded at all. Uh, and, you know, if you've got that capacity, see, then, then, you, then you have the capacity to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, but if you always have to have to defend and reject and, and deny, then, you know, um, that's, a, that's a growth opportunity for all of us. Right. <laughs> Could nobody anybody love being accused of all manner of evil? Nobody loves that, right? I mean, you would be weird. if I love, I love when people talk bad about me. Well, that would be weird, right? Nobody loves it when they get talked bad about, amen? Uh, and so, praise God. Uh, is that your second piece, Jared? All right. Making sure, you know. Uh, Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians 11, right? Uh, don't do this because you're hungry, right? Uh, and so... Um, but let's thank God for the opportunity to uh, gather together as people and receive communion. So, Father, we thank you for this, this bread, Father, that represents your body. And because of it, Father, we can live in divine health, free from sickness and disease and pandemic and epidemics, Father, and COVIDs and, and flus and viruses and, and uh, uh, aches and pains and cancers, Father. We can be free from all of it because this bread represents such a great price that you paid. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we'll receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And, Father, the precious blood of Jesus that washes us, makes us clean, Father, it doesn't wash us because we're perfect, Father. It washes us because we need to be washed. And so, Father, we thank you that it's your blood that cleanses us from all sin. It's not our good works. It's not our good intentions. It's your blood that cleanses us from all sin. And so, Father... By faith, we receive this juice that represents your blood. And we declare, Father, with our own mouth that we are cleaned by your blood. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. All right. Praise God. Well, Let's get ready. And um, uh, Jared uh, will come and clean up after all this. And then we'll receive the offering. Amen. And um, has the Lord been good to us? Has he provide us, provided us us? Uh, good jobs to to uh, earn an income and to uh, provide food for our families and electricity and clothes and all those things. You know, I'd encourage you, always be thankful for your job that you've got. Um, even if it's not the, the best job you want, uh, the Lord can move you to the next job. But if you complain where you're at, it's hard for the Lord to, to uh, move you to a better place, right? Uh, and, I, of course, I got in trouble saying that to a friend of mine one time. He didn't talk to me for a year. Uh, and uh, that's tough right there. And I was just trying to be nice, you know, because uh, he was complaining about his job, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, the Lord can't move you from there until you learn how to have the grace to be where you're at. And so <laughs> a year, can you believe it? a year? That's all I said to him. You know, I didn't, I didn't say he was evil and terrible person, you know, whatever. Uh, and um, uh, and so and I had another guy who considered himself. I'm, a, I'm an awesome, uh, fantastic Christian. Uh, that was kind of his his opinion of himself. And I, and I said, how's work going? He said, I hate my job. I didn't say anything. I thought, you mean the job that, that pays to put food on your table for your children every day, right? That allows you to live in a comfortable home every day. That The job that the Lord gave to you, you hate that job, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, be thankful, amen? Because the Lord, can can he promote you? Well, sure he can. Can he get you a better job? Sure he can. I've had plenty of great jobs over the years. And and, and, um, uh, and so, come ahead, Mr. Deirdre. We'll receive this morning's offering. And so... You know, if he's been kind enough to bless us, then it's such a small thing for us to, to give back to him. And so you'll be led by the Spirit of God. You know, I don't, do I tell you how much you should give? No, it's not my job to tell you how much you should give, you know. Um, uh, I will audit, though, and tell you if you're close where you should be, though, right? How's that? Um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I would do that. Well, um, praise God. Don't forget, we have a healing school this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And uh, we're working our way through uh, Lenny B. Yeoman's book there. Uh, and so um but but thinking about you know of course there's there's always a, a thousand great books we can do there's one uh, called Bodily healing and atonement and i don't I don't, I don't know if we, if we have the heart to do that one it 's not a very big book, but it's, it's it's got a it's thick in the sense that uh, the guy goes to a lot of Greek and Hebrew and things like that it 's really a great book but um uh, we'll we'll see we 'll see the Lord will show us what we should do with that amen. Uh, and so uh, don't forget our, our prayer requests there, especially um, the folks that are dealing with COVID. Uh, you know, we need to get them healed. Amen. Uh, and uh, have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed.